As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability explicit or implied shall be extended to W4CY Radio, its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. In 2006, two forces of good for business met. These men think and act differently. Their sole mission is to help entrepreneurs and businesses succeed. Today, this elite duo, Carl Gibbons and Carl Gould, the G-Team, have broken out of the conventional business box. So if you have a problem, if no one else can help, you can find them right here every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. The G-Team. It's Wednesday, it's 1pm Eastern, and that must mean this is Quick and Get Rich, the premier network radio show for aspiring, emerging, and experienced entrepreneurs, experts, and executives. That means you. And you're here to learn the secrets of quitting, what you shouldn't be doing, getting your head out of your assets, and focusing on the key activities that should be making you rich. Hi, I'm Carl Gibbons from a sunny villages in central florida just outside ocala and holding the fort up in new jersey should be carl gould and together the uh department of revenue refer to us as the The g team so how are we doing mr gould oh mr gibbons i had i am doing quite well um i spent the uh long weekend in san diego at a um at an entrepreneur leader a global entrepreneur leadership program um, met with uh, people from all over the world. It was awesome. It really was awesome. Had a, had a really good time. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Well, I've had uh, I've had quite an eventful week um, with uh, all sorts of stuff going on. Uh, some of it I'm, I uh, I can share. Uh, some of it uh, is still under the uh, in wraps and a bit of a secret scenario. Um, but had a great invitation to. Uh, to uh, come up north, as they say, I'm in a place called Fruitland Park, uh, which all sounds very juicy, and I'm at a place called um, The Villages, um, which is one of the largest uh, 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 senior retirement uh, communities uh, actually in the country. There are 50 thousand properties here 50,000 count them uh, and um, I've been invited up here by a company called Home Watch of the uh, Villages uh, which is owned by a guy called Steve Stifler and uh, we'll be having a chat to Steve a little bit later on of what it takes to actually uh, manage uh, a property of, of this size uh, and, and all the goings on that's going in and out um, uh, we've of course got a full action packed program for you as always um, and uh, we've got some fix-its coming up, as always. We know that you love those. We've got Amy from Virginia. We've got Mark from Wisconsin. And we've got, is it Janine from California? So uh, we're going to be seeing what we can do to uh, mess about with their business and their heads. Um, 
a little bit later on. Uh, so what else have you got for me, Mr. Gould? Oh, geez. I, <laughs> I spent, I, I had a conversation. I met a, an entrepreneur. Uh, he's from Atlanta. I'm not going to say his name. He had, he had probably one of the most pure entrepreneurial stories that I've heard in a while. It is true entrepreneurship. I want to share it. Um, because it was just, this to me is entrepreneurship at its best. And, uh, it was funny because it was the kind of business you wouldn't think of. Like it just wouldn't cross your radar that you would start this kind of business. But he has, he's a very successful entrepreneur. He has – you talk about getting rich in your niche. This guy dominates 90% of his niche. He created it. He runs it. Uh, at some point, I want to get him on as a guest. But he had uh, – just telling us his story, he had us in stitches talking about his business. Um, so I, at some point today, I've got to share that. That's – that's the that was my takeaway from the weekend that my goodness you you know that's that's what entrepreneurship is all about well well the whole entrepreneur uh, thing uh, just continues to to uh, to gain momentum and um, you know lots of exciting stuff going on out there um, if you, if I'm sounding like I've lost all my show notes, dear listener, you're absolutely probably 100% right. This is the ultimate winging it um, because Mr. Gibbons uh, rushed out the house this morning and uh, left all his show notes up on the side. So um, if this sounds like I'm not normally on topic and, and, and focused and rabbiting away, uh, well, absolutely, that's what I'm doing. Um, so, but anyway, uh, all good. We will not let that. Uh, we will not let that, that stop us. Um, Obviously, I've been keeping a, a, an eye on a lot of the goings-on in the UK at the moment. Uh, the election um, uh, is tomorrow, so we'll know who the, uh, who the uh, 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 government um, uh, for the next four years will be in the UK. That seems to be a bit of a uh, a bit of a cliffhanger because all roads, according to the pollsters, seem to be aiming for a uh, for a hung election and um, uh, that works with uh, in the British government. They if they don't like the way things are going, they call an election and why wait every four years? So I think they have an interesting process. And Carl will give us more on that. But let me come back to the story uh, of the. Um, entrepreneur that I met and it's actually a guy that I've seen before and we've actually had talks and you know we when you when you ask somebody how's business uh, they'll say well it's good you know sales are up and, and we'll talk in generalities it's almost like we're kind of describing our respective um we're kind of res- uh describing our respective financial statements oh sales are up uh, expenses are down you know leads are sideways you know that sort of thing but I got talking to him and I said, you know, what is your actual business? And he said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm in retail. I said, okay, well, that's your sector, but what's, what's your business? He goes, well, we sell a certain companion pet called a sugar bear. Uh, sorry, a sugar, what is it called? Um, a sugar glider, I think it's called. Um, it's a five and a half inch live animal uh, that comes from another, from, uh, from the southeast. Uh, uh, and, um, you know, so Southeast as in, um, Asia, Southeast Asia and, um, five and a half inch pet. Um, he's, has sourced it from one source, uh, in the world and he has about 90% of the market. And, um, this pet, (laughs) this pet lives 12 to 15 years. He sells it for $600, uh, each. And, um, and also, uh, sells the uh, accompanying um, foods and and medicines and vitamins and all that and it's it's fully when you first hear him talk about it it's um, you, you you think wow you, you you basically sell a flying mouse you know because these things can glide and they can jump he said he said well yeah you know and in, in some ways I I could see how you would say that and you know not many people know about this pet in the mainstream uh, world but those that are passionate about uh, exotic pets and uh, companion pets know a lot about this pet because this pet likes to sit in your shirt pocket. It's uh, it's its body temperature is 84 degrees, so against us, it feels very warm. They like to hang out and sleep, and they're not very demanding. They they're very um, loyal pets. So and they're and they're a social pet. So um, you know, from a business perspective, 
he says, well, yeah, he goes, you don't just buy one. You normally buy two because, uh, uh, you, know, you know, most people don't want to be <laughs> – most people don't want to have just one of these. They want to have two. And, um, and so I'm thinking about this and I say, well, how do you get into that business? And here's where the entrepreneurial story came in. Uh, he was working in Las Vegas in the casino and hospitality industry and always dreamed of owning a hotel and being in that world. And it, and it simply just didn't work out for him for a variety of reasons. And he, so he's sitting down and saying, okay, well, I'm not going to operate the exact business I always thought I would. But um, so we started doing some research and he saw a need in this market. You know, you hear about, you hear about people who, uh, you know, import in or – go to the swamps and get anacondas and, uh, you know, or import in these exotic snakes and pets and, you know, uh, and they, they're not really domesticated, but people buy them because they seem cool at the time. But once the responsibility of this large exotic pet gets to be too much, they, they get rid of it. And so um, he saw an actual need in the market for a loyal pet, easy to maintain, can work with and be a companion and doesn't have to be too much of a, of a physical burden to its master. So think, so when he said that, I was thinking, what do you mean by that? Like, you don't have to take it for a walk sort of thing. He goes, no, he goes, I don't mean that Carl. He said, he said, you know, if you own an anaconda, an anaconda, you know, if you literally have to pick the darn thing up and bring it to the vet, it's hard to do. Um, if you have to feed it, it's it's an, a physical activity. He said, but and he said, there's people in wheelchairs and there's people that are, um, you know, physically limited, and this particular pet is very popular with them because um, be, since the master isn't all that mobile. And, you know, the logistics of getting the pet back to its cage, he says, he goes, oh, by the way, he goes, these pets don't run away. They're loyal to their owner for life. They're loyal to their mate for life. And he said, if they run anywhere, he says, they go back to their cage. He says, they're not like dogs where, you know, you, you can play go fetch, but you can communicate with them. And if you call for them, they will, they glide, they'll glide right over land on you and just climb right in your pocket. He goes, they're like a pocket pet. He said, so there are people that have financial um, – sorry, physical uh, – I don't want to say um, disabilities because that's the wrong word. They're just limited physically one way or the other. Maybe they lost a limb or maybe they're elderly and don't get around as well and they need some, a pet that they don't have to reach up high or climb down low. And he says it works fantastic for that. And, um, and so I was, I was fascinated by this and I say, well, OK, how do you sell them? Well, we go to malls and we go to uh, county fairs and, you know, you can certainly set up retail operations, but, you know, it's usually more of an impulse type purchase, you know, uh, or, you know, you're, you didn't leave the house that day saying you were going to buy that exotic animal, um, you know, like a skinny pig would be or, uh, you know, or a, or, or a snake or, or a hamster or some other exotic type pet. You probably didn't leave the house thinking you were buying this pet. Um, and so it turns out to be an impulse buy. And I said, wow, $600, that's a, quite an impulse buy. He said, well, yeah, that's actually a very good price. He see, these are either um, born you know, in another country and imported or they were bred specifically here. So it, he said there's a lot that goes into it. Um, and so I was fascinated because he generated a business idea generated a business and he says he has about 90% of the market. He says there are some com you know, competitors, but he goes, this is about as niche as you get. And he took the, the risk necessary to find out if this is a real business. And he's not only uh, in business, he's very, very successful. Uh, so what I loved about the story was, you know, when somebody tells you about something that you just never would have thought of, like I remember somebody telling me the story or I was reading, I, sh I should say, I was reading the story about the loo, you know, our modern day toilet and how it worked and, you know, the whole bit. And I remember in a, in a casual conversation bringing up the loo, somebody says to me, well, did you know that toilet paper was not invented until something like 70 or 80 years after the loo was invented? And that I was like, really? 
And they were explaining to me. They said, well, yeah. I said, you know, there was a time when they, you, the loo would just capture, you know, capture the waste and you, people would dump it, put it in a bowl and dump it out the window. And, and you know, uh, and so because they didn't have street plumbing. And, and, you know, it just – it was one of those things I probably should have known about. I didn't and, and someone was talking about it. But it was one of these fascinating topics and what – and so as he's describing – you know, all the, 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 uh, ins and outs of this. I said, well, I kept asking things like, well, how do you treat it? If it's such an exotic animal, how do you educate the veterinary, uh, veterinary cult uh, community in order to treat this pet? And they said, and he went through all of its natural, um, all of its, all of its natural defense mechanisms because its body temperature is 84 degrees. It doesn't carry virus and disease. It can't live in them. So they're a very, very clean pet. They're hypoallergenic. They don't bother your, you know, allergies. And he said, and when we started bringing these pets into the U.S., he said, we, we surveyed and we educated 2,000 vets. So we have had, we have this entire back and forth dialogue with the veterinarian community about educating them about these pets so anyone in the country could go to their vet and, and get whatever treatment is necessary, but also what foods would be uh, proper. And so we've got this back and forth dialogue and validation about our menu options, our nutrition, our medicines, our, you know, our vitamins. And um, he just thought it through so well. And, and you know, I, on one hand, we were laughing because we, it, was, it was the last business and he was the last entrepreneur any of us thought we were going to bump into that that day. And I was talking to a guy who was in trucking and another guy who was in publishing and another guy who was in professional services. And very and I'm in business consulting. We're in these very traditional businesses. And every one of us had our jaw our jaw dropped to the floor and we were we were, you could hear a pin drop while he described his business, and when he was done, we looked at uh, each other, one each of us, and we said, "Oh my God, I think we are in the wrong business." He's in the sugar glider business, and um, he's in the sugar glider business, and um, <laughs> you know, and you know, he's passionate. He's got employees. He he goes to Craig. He gets his employees on Craigslist. He describes the pet. And says he's got job openings, and he gets he gets multiple people for the same position. Well, talking you know? of large exotic pets, what's that? I said talking of large exotic pets, of which I which I'm. Are you hearing me okay out there? We can hear you. You are often referred to as a large exotic pet. So that's what I, I thought. That's what I thought. I am a large exotic pet, and uh, I've, I've even been potty trained. So I don't need to go back to find out what uh, what how to use a toilet. Um, but what what I was um, what I was uh, thinking while, uh, while listening to you, uh, CG, is um, uh, why don't we uh, give a bit of a shout out to a few people, mention a few things, get everybody up to date to where we are and what's going on. And then uh, when we come back after that, uh, we can have a chat to our guest today, Steve Stifler, who's sitting in front of me, all hot to trot and ready to go. I don't know whether he comes under the exotic pet uh, category, but we'll find that out in a few moments. What do you say? I love it. Roll it. Okay. Well, if you can't get enough of the G Team, you can catch this show again together with all our others, 24-7-365. Just visit our website, gteamradio.com, or via our station on iHeartRadio. We love those guys at iHeart. Uh, you can connect with us anytime, anywhere. We're available online, mobile, tablets in your car. In fact, if you can get connected to any device, we will be there. Uh, don't forget, check us out on Facebook and, of course, our new tribe, which is growing by the minute, uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, love us, like us, tell us what you think. But we'd always like it if you uh, if you liked us. But like us, hate us, tell us what you think. Give us a call, 561-623-9429. That's 561-623-9429. Or you can email Gibbons or Gould at G Team Radio. And don't forget all our stuff online. We want to engage with you guys every day. We have Mojo Monday, Trivia Tuesdays, Workshop Wednesdays. Think Tell us a little bit about the Home Watch of the Villages, Steve. What do you do? 
what we do is we're the eyes and ears for property owners while they're uh, away from their property, whether it be up north or traveling on a cruise for a month or, or those type of things. Okay. So what what percentage of these 50,000 then are seasonal residents? Because that's basically what you're saying is you look after a seasonal resident. Yeah, they're probably about uh, roughly 20,000 homes that are seasonal. Okay. And, 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 what what's the biggest challenge of looking after a seasonal home? Well, trying to keep up for the demand, I guess. Okay, is is the biggest thing because there are so many people coming and going at all times of the year, not just during season. So, trying to figure out when people are there and when they're not, and uh, keeping up with that demand. Well, clearly. Um, uh, the, the whole holiday seasonal home thing uh, is a very large part of the uh, of the Florida economy. But so, but how did you get into it, Steve? Well, I uh, spent thirty years as an insurance agent, and when I retired to this area, I uh, played golf for about two years. And uh, you know, I'm one of those kind of people that needs to be busy and doing something. So my wife and I kind of looked around for things to do and. Uh, we stumbled across this industry, and it seems to be one of the fastest growing industries in the country right now. Okay, so you were attracted to it, but so why was it just purely? Was it financial, financially driven? Was it an opportunity driven? Uh, did you see nobody else was doing it in this particular neck of the woods? Was it unserviced, or frankly, was it just purely? Well, let's give it a try and see what happens. It, actually, it seemed like a, a niche that nobody was really filling in this area. Yeah, a bunch of small companies doing it at a very low level. Uh, you know, I like to do things big. Um, and when we started this out, we uh, actually had two vehicles that we wrapped with uh, advertising. And I hired a couple people to go and do this. And uh, it's, it's just taken off into uh, something more than I ever imagined. So what 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 of the... With some of the unexpected things that, that have occurred that you, in your wildest dreams that you wouldn't have thought ju- during your entrepreneurial process of developing the business? Uh, well, a pleasant surprise was is that our, uh, our, our workforce is you know all retired people here, and you have a, a great pool of people to pull from. So that was a pleasant surprise because that's one of the things that I thought would have been a big challenge in putting this all together. Um, I, I, you know, it's, it's just trying to keep up with the demand and, um, you know, just trying to stay cutting edge. We use a reporting system that is uh, kind of an electronic system that's uh, GPS located and those type of things. So, I mean, we've really built what I think is a solid business model. And do you intend do you intend to replicate that model, or are you quite happy where you are? I think that uh, the demand here with the homes they're building is, it, it, you know, I, I, we kind of have our plate full right now. But it's not to say that down the road we couldn't replicate it somewhere. So I'd like to go back for a second. I'd like to go back to how you saw the opportunity. You mentioned, you know, we saw an opportunity, we saw a niche, we saw a need. Um, how specifically did you go about that? Like, how did you know there was a need or what type of analysis did you do? Because we get questions all the time from our, uh, from our uh, audience that says, you know, I keep hearing about you guys saying there was a, you know, quote unquote need in the market. How do you analyze? How do you figure out that there's a need? So what, what was your particular process? Well, when we looked at at the business model, um, we looked at our competition and what that competition would be. In the villages, it's, you know, you've got seven miles long by seven mile wide territory. And there's like some 80 different villages. Most of our competition were small, retired mom and dads with a dog and a golf cart. And they would only service one village. We wanted to cover the whole of the villages. So that was uh, one of the things that we did. So that's your idea. So your idea was, okay, we want to cover all the villages. W- was there anything in specific that you uh, thought through or planned out to see if that was viable or that was even a good idea or there was any legislation that would prohibit or encourage that? 
like, so how did you come to the conclusion that your idea was a good one and you said, let's go for it? Well, we did a, we did a lot of due diligence, of course, in, in looking how the processes were done and, you know, how we could set ourselves different than everybody else that was doing it. And that that's kind of where we went with it. And we hopefully are fulfilling a need that uh, our competition isn't. Very cool. And what was the, uh, when you said you did due diligence, what, um, um, specifically, what did you do? Run the number, you know, run a pro forma or uh, talk to the, uh, the mayor and council or the governing authorities, you know, or the competition. You go to a, an industry conference to investigate. Like, what did you, what did you do? Yeah, well, we we suck. Um, we seeked out some of the bigger companies in the country that were doing it and looked to see how they were doing it, how much they were charging, and what we could, uh, how we could do it here locally, like they were doing it in their areas. Okay, so you modeled some other successful business uh, businesses that had done, in some way, what you were attempting to do. Correct. Yeah. We looked, you know, we looked at their forms that they were using the checklists, how they were doing it, how they were being trained, um, all those type of things. All right, so, so here's, here, here's the point, Gibbons. Gibbons says this. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All the time. People come on and they say, well, entrepreneurs are these big risk takers. So listeners, hear what you just heard. This, is a, this was a calculated risk based on a model that had been proven and significant research to find out if that model could be applied here. Because when I first heard you say that, oh, well, you know, people were, were managing maybe one village, uh, but not many. It seemed like a big risk to go out and try to do this on a, on a larger scale. But actually, you followed a very tried and true proven blueprint. Exactly. So it's about, it's, we're back to mitigating this risk, not taking the risk. And, and uh, you know... Thanks, Gould, for reminding everybody. You know, I, I keep saying it to you guys out there in listener land. You know, you, you every time I see you when when Gould and I are out on the road, you come up, you come up to us and you talk to us about. You know, uh, I've got this great idea, but you know, uh, my partner, my wife, my other half, my my business associates, we're not sure if we want to like take that risk. There's always a risk. There's always an element of risk, but it's how you mitigate that risk that sorts out the successful entrepreneur, the great entrepreneur from the, shall we say, the entrepreneur. You know, in one of the fix it in fives, uh, where I believe somebody has gone down and, and thoroughly investigated this process and that's one of the problems that they found themselves in and that's how the challenges arisen right so instead of us looking back on um oh gosh what was our what was our um uh i guess who had some challenges in his business and rebooted um mark, uh, mark it was and um you know oh, right. a couple of weeks ago with stormforce march yeah, so yeah, 
it's not to say that it's not to say that he could have avoided it. Those are some things that happened to him that might have been unavoid that might have no there's no way they could he could have avoided it. But um you know, at the same time, you know, I'm off when I hear this story, I'm often left thinking, gosh, a little bit more due diligence and maybe that would have been a risk that could have been mitigated in advance. So, you know, leaves me leaves me thinking that, you know, that that could have been mitigated as well. Good. Absolutely. So where do you see the future, Steve? What's the future hold in store for you guys? Well, with the growth that's going on here, the sky's the limit. Hopefully with a little bit of uh, expertise and some help, we'll uh, be able to spread this process to other areas of the uh, the state. Okay. And, and uh, is it still just you, Steve, or have you got a team around you now? I mean, how does that work? Little by little, we're accumulating all the pieces of, uh, you know, the growth that we need. Um, we're adding people when we need them in the, in the areas where we need them. Okay. Uh, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, Steve, uh, how can they get hold of you? You can either go to our website at www.homewatchofthevillages.com or you can simply pick up the phone and call us at uh, 352-399-5528. Give them that again just in case they didn't get their pens ready. It's area code 352-399-5528. That sounds like a plan. Steve, thanks very much for being our guest today. Wish you every success for the future. And you are now firmly placed on the G-Team's one-to-watch wall. So we'll be keeping an eye on you. So uh, the good news is uh, you've just appeared on G-Team Radio. The bad news is you've just appeared on G-Team Radio and you cannot escape. We will be watching you. We will be following you. Is that not right, Gould? Yeah, it's not, it's not a threat. It's just a promise. We're going to keep an eye on you and we're rooting for you. <laughs> Absolutely, we're rooting for you. Okay, again, that was Steve Stith from Home Watch of the Villages. Thanks again for for being our guest today. So don't forget, can't get enough of the G Team. You can catch this show again together with all our others, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days of the year. Just visit our website, gteamradio.com, or you can check us out at our station at iHeartRadio. We love those guys over there. They really help us. Uh, I'm going to give a quick mention to uh, Facebook and LinkedIn. And what do you say when we come back on? After that gold, we go straight into fix it in five. Love it, love it. Go okay. Well, again, uh, connect with us on LinkedIn. That tribe is growing like crazy, and you can also connect with us on Facebook. Share it with your friends, or go to facebook.com forward slash. We love those forward slashes. G Team Radio, and we'd love it if you liked us. Five, four, three. Two, one, Fix It in Fives Go. On Fix It in Fives today, we're going to be seeing what we can do to mess with the head of Amy from Virginia, Mark from Wisconsin, and uh, Janie from California. All got their fair share of problems, troubles, and woes, and we're going to try and fix it for them. Gould, what have you got for me? All right, so uh, <clears throat> why don't you take, uh, I'll give you Amy from Virginia. Now these they they these are a little cloaked now, Mr. Gibbons, as you might notice on your screen. So you're gonna have to bring out your A game for Amy and Janine, and and I'll take Mr. Mark. But he says, guys, Amy says, guys, I'm starting a food truck business. It is a gourmet organic higher end food trucks, kind of like a you know a gourmet truck on wheels sort of thing. Um, how do I get started? In other words, do I, it sounds to me like she's looking for a go-to-market strategy. This is what I, I get from Amy. Do I establish a route, me, you know, or do I focus on events? What is your opinion? I think what she's saying here, she wants, is, is she going to be the person who parks her truck at the, at the beach and is there every day for, for three months and then she moves somewhere else for three months and she uh, kind of establishes herself or... Is she going to be the one who's going to drive through D.C.? She's in Virginia. Let's assume she's near a city or Richmond or, you know, some other or Norfolk or um, uh, Virginia Beach or another city and and stop at all the corporate campuses every single day uh, going forward. Well, what's your take on that? Well, my take on that is I'm, I'm coming back to, uh, to my due diligence uh, again and to uh, echo what Steve was saying only just a few minutes ago. My first thing is um, I want to clearly establish, and I'm sure, Amy, you're a great, you're a great cook uh, and all of that, and, but um, the first thing is uh, 
is is there a market for for what you want to do and your particular food speciality so again an example if it's Chinese or Asian driven cuisine and nobody around there, everybody likes Indian driven cuisine, you're going to have a bit of a challenge uh, selling uh, Chinese cuisine. But let's you, again, let's. I got assume- to jump in on this one. I met, <laughs> I, met, I met a restaurant owner who's an Asian fellow who opened a pizzeria and he was actually offering a free egg roll with every uh, pizza that you buy. And he was, he actually said to me, I'm surprised not a lot of my customers are taking me up on the free egg roll. They're not getting the free egg roll. I said to him, do you realize you're serving pizza that people are coming in for Italian food and you're serving an Asian hors d'oeuvre for free? You realize that, right? Anyway, he, he didn't, he's, I don't think he fully got it, but sorry, I had to, I had to throw that. No, one. no. I, I, thereby dear listener, I rest my case. <laughs> I, I actually couldn't I thought he was kidding he was like he goes yeah he goes it's a really good egg roll <laughs> it could be the best egg roll in the world but you, that's not your audience I, I just couldn't it was, I was shocked it was it was funny in a way you know okay well um, I'm going to I'm going to uh, pick up on uh, uh, four words uh, that, that, that Amy used gourmet well gourmet by definition if you're going to use those kind of by words, I mean, it is eye end. It is an acquired taste. So maybe that's now cancelled out certain areas on a route, certain locations, certain venues. Then she's saying organic. Well, again, um, uh, big grown market, but organic does tend to infer a higher price. So again, maybe that's eradicated some other areas, some other routes that we've got to take out the, the thing. And then she's saying high-end, well, or, uh, gourmet and high-end sort of go hand in hand. So me, I keep coming uh, back to don't establish a route. Uh, my my uh, my gut, of which is quite considerable and growing, tells me um, that, that actually I would start with events and uh, that's where I would go. I would start looking at maybe uh, taking your truck with your gourmet high-end uh, and do home catering, actually. Um, I was uh, 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 with a guy uh, a couple of days ago that uh, has got a, a fantastic uh, food franchise called Fire and Rice, and uh, he actually comes to your home and does the paella at, uh, paella at at your home in front of you, serves your guests and leaves. Um, it's not a root thing. He does all of the uh, the, the, the the fresh food markets. Uh, he does all of the you know the the weekend markets. He does all the major big events. But because it's such a focused and specialised um, uh, uh, sector of the market, uh, just. Pulling up with your uh, with your van and driving on, I, I, he doesn't do that, and I wouldn't recommend that you did that. Uh, you did that either, Amy, um, unless you know that somebody has already uh, paved the path for you. And again, we're coming back now to due diligence and market research. What are the other guys doing? Who else is out there? What other what other what other um, uh, food trucks are there? And is the population there, the demand there to, to maintain it? Is it a residential area? Is it a commercial area? Uh, I think there's still too many questions open there. So to me, I would focus to start off with by establishing the demand, by establishing the need, uh, by going to where I knew where the people were and where they were going to be buying this sort of stuff. So to me, uh, Amy, start off, at the, uh, start off at the events. What do you say, Gould? You know, it's interesting because I, I think you're right. Because of the type of food truck she wants to do, there are significant flaws with each one. The root, the root is not going to have enough of your ideal client close enough together. And the events are also going to be sporadic. And so, you know, there might – and she might end up in the beginning, you know, just to get critical mass and some cash in the door. She might end up with a little bit of a hybrid model. You know, I might have select places I go to during the week and then I do some events on evenings and weekends sort of thing. Um, probably going to have to do a little uh, testing to find out what's the right mix and who's the right one. But, 
your the safest bet I would I would think is the event route. So the the event way to go. So yeah, I, I could see that for sure. Yeah, and also as well, don't forget, Amy, you're now entering into a market that's uh, very high profile at the moment. Um, the, the 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 mobile truck thing very hot. Uh, excuse the pun; it was intended. Um, the demand is great, so you've got to be able to really set yourself apart from all of the others. Um, so anyway, hope that helped for you, Amy. If it did, of course, it was all my suggestion. If it was a complete and unmitigated waste of time, it was all down to gold. Um, so uh, as always, let us know how you get on. We're always interested in that. Um, are you ready for Mark from Wisconsin? Oh, yeah, I saw this one. It's a good one. You like this one, do you? I picked this one especially for you. I, I rummaged through about 50 before I found this one. I thought, no, nah, this one's good for gold. Okay, G-Team. I've sold my business uh, my business two years ago, and my non-compete is just about up. I must admit I have, uh, I've struggled to find what's the next chapter in my career, uh, what that should be. How do I go about that process? Yeah, this is an interesting one because I know you've gone through it. I've gone through it, and um, we've both had a number of clients that have done the same. You know, it's funny. I um, I was uh, it was some years ago, and sitting down with a friend, and uh, uh, this lady says we were just she had been remarried, and you know she was just I, I forget how the conversation got around to it, but she said she goes, you know, I think I married the same man the second time. You know, meaning same type of person, same quirks, you know, and, and, uh, it's, she got, she got, she was divorced once before. And, you know, you would think, you know, when you talk to most people, you would think at first, well, clearly they'll marry somebody new, but they end up fine, you know, marrying the same person again and again. Right. And so it's the same thing happens in business. Um, we leave what we, we leave what is familiar, and then if we don't figure out something new or we don't really find that new answer, we go back to something that's familiar. And so here – so, Mark, here's the challenge you have. One, the fact that you sold probably meant that you had something pretty good going. I'm going to assume that. Something that you liked, something that you got some uh, uh, value from. And if the fact that you sold your business – uh, indicating that it was not a garage sale and you didn't just have to dump it, that there was something of value there. So I'm going to take it from that perspective. So the thing about this is, is that you have to get really, you have to do what I would call a life plan first before you do your business plan and really th- sit down and think about what do you want the rest of your life to be about or this, at least this next chapter. Do you want some, you want to stay in the same place that you were in? I mean, uh, John Hewitt from Jackson Hewitt uh, Franchise Tax, uh, the franchise tax preparers, you know, he started Jackson Hewitt, sold the business, went, had a five-year non-compete. He went to Canada and created Liberty Tax. And then when his five-year non-compete was up, he came to the States and did the same thing here. And he's the CEO of the two – he is the CEO of um, two of the top five tax preparation franchises in history you know so he stayed right in his he stayed right in his niche uh, but that's uh, and he did so happily but not everyone does so happily a lot of people you know, leave you know their business and they come back to the same niche and they're not happy so one thing you have to be very careful of is, Mark, don't marry the same woman in this case um, the second time around unless you're sure you want that similar type of woman back or that sim- similar type of business. And um, so I would do a life plan. And if I'm going to guess you're at least 30 years old. So you look when you do your life plan, first thing you do is you look at the decades ahead of you. What do you want your 40s, 50s, and 60s, and 70s to be like? If you have a family, what do you, how do you want to see that family grow? Then create your bucket list. What's on your bucket list and what do you want to accomplish uh, as the years go by? Then say, well, how do you want to contribute to society? You want to on a community scale, a global scale, and what type of work do you want to do? And see how I'm, I'm staying far away from what business should I do and we're backing into it. What work should I do? Who would I want to work with? Who would I want to work for? What would I want my work day to feel and be like? And then by the time you've done those pre-qualifications, I think that you would arrive at what are the 
I don't know, top three, four, five, ten opportunities that would make sense to you. The other thing that you could do along this process, Mark, is engage with a um, business broker or a franchise broker because their goal, their um, their job is to help you qualify and find and align what your skills and needs and strengths are with a business opportunity that meets that. So that's where I would go. Life plan first. Talk to a business broker, talk to a fran- franchise consultant or franchise broker that might be able to help you sort out and find a good match. Good sound stuff there from Gould. I would just add to that list, Mark. Look at your skill set. Um, I totally agree with Gouldie. Your the, the, the magnet is pulling you back to whatever the business was because you, you feel comfortable in there. But don't forget you sold that because you wanted to move on. I'm sure if you were to sit down and talk about the course of your career in building that business, you've developed a skill set. You've had lots of experiences, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Write them down. Sort out and really key focus in where your major key uh, skill set is and see how you can adapt that to another area and another arena. You don't have to go back um, because good management skills, good entrepreneurial skill sets can be adapted to to any environment. So uh, that's the only thing, that's the only addition I would add to that one, Mark. But uh, let's hope that works out for you. As always, let us know. You can always give us a call, 561-623-9429 or email Gibbons or Gould and, and let us know how, you, how you're getting on. So... Uh, uh, last one for today. Uh, my notes are showing Janie from California. You what ready? have you got? Here she comes. Hi, Here guys. Oh, this one's uh, unique because it doesn't come from an entrepreneur. This ooh. one comes from the employee of an entrepreneur. So I Uh-oh. found this one very interesting. Here we go. Some home Janine truths Cal- are going to come out. Here it comes. Hi, guys. I'm an employee, but I hope you use my problem for your fix-it segment. Janine, I think this is a good one. And so... Therefore, we chose it. My boss just made me office manager, but she continuously pokes her nose back in and micromanages me and my team. Well, Janine, clearly you have written to the wrong program because none of our listeners do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. It is starting to cause friction between she and I and also with my team. How do I tell her to back off in a way that doesn't set, set her off? Okay, so she's trying to manage up. Janine is having a problem with managing up. She's been made office manager, so she has to manage down, clearly. But now she has to manage up, meaning she's got to get her boss off her back. How do you want her to do that? Okay, well, if if your boss is any good, and I'm sure that they are, somewhere in place here we have a review system uh maybe every you know hopefully every 90 days you uh you you're you, it's not about review how good or bad but we have your rocks in place what are your targets for the next 90 days you need to um uh wait for that kind of opportunity and as a part of that uh interview process share with your boss what you concerns are because i think you have to do that because that's the only way that you're also going to maintain your uh, your your credibility and your leadership role over your team uh but i, I wouldn't go out and pick the fight uh janine um like everything uh you know uh, the art of winning the war is picking the fight on your ground on your territory and in your time so um ask for a review if, if if one isn't scheduled or on the horizon, um, then sit down and say uh, to to lady boss, you know, love to sit down and have a talk with you. Let's discuss the way you know things are going. Uh, what you see the challenges are, um, um, where you think my, my successes are, where you think I need to improve, how you see things going, and I've got a few ideas I'd like to run by you, and that way. Um, everybody feels like they're on an equal footing. Everybody feels that they have something to contribute. And of course, you, you Janine, from your perspective, you're getting hopefully your boss's perspective about um, uh, where she thinks that she wants to go. Um, and and hopefully that should resolve the problem. If not, then you've just got a uh, a megalomaniac micromanager on your hands, and you're just going to have to either put up, shut up, or move on. Yeah, it's it's a good one because you uh, it, it is a difficult position. And to, just to add to that, um, a, a quick sports analogy: 
there's a legendary football coach, Vince Lombardi, for the Green Bay Packers, and he had a quarterback called Bart Starr. And he kept screaming at Bart Starr in front of the team, saying, you're the leader, pick it up, pick it up. And he was yelling like crazy at him. Adam and Bart Starr waited until the end of practice. He went into Vince Lombardi's office and said, if you want me to lead this team, I can and I will. But number one, you got to stop yelling at me the way you are. You're undermining me. And if you have a message you want to get to the team, you bring it to me first and I will get it to the team. And Janine from California to sending in those fixits. Don't forget, keep them coming in. We've even set up your own email address. Just send us your challenge to fix it in five at gteamradio.com Mr Gould we're coming into the final section of the show just a few minutes to go what do you want to say what's your quick commentary for this week very quickly very quickly alright everybody here's my quick commentary for, for today spring has sprung at least where I'm at and the pollen is out so my nose and eyes are watery and itchy so while this part while this is part of you know seasonal allergies and I also know I can I can also know that I can control the severity of these reactions by how pure and consistent my dietary restrictions are monitored to the season. So in other words, if I eat better in the winter, I feel better in the spring. It kind of makes me feel like how I might be running my business. If my business is doing well now, that means I was running it better before. So my question to you all is, how are your allergies? Quick, pass me a tissue. And with that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is Gibbons Gould, the G Team. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, you can catch this show again on our Sunday podcast, 9 a.m. Eastern on W4CY.com or, as always, at iHeartRadio. And no show would be complete without a big shout-out to Chad and the production team behind the glass who twiddle the knobs and work their magic to make this show happen. So this is Gibbons and Gould. We're both wishing you a healthy week a profitable week but more important of all a happy week so until next wednesday at one o'clock this is gibbons and gould and we are out out in 2006 two forces of good for business met these men think and act differently their sole mission is to help entrepreneurs and businesses succeed today this elite duo carl gibbons and carl gould the g team have broken out of the conventional business box so if you have a problem if no one else can help you can find them right here every wednesday at 1 p.m eastern the g team as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming i wish i had used indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.